Inspired Painter Podcast. My name is Jessica Libor, and I am an artist, educator, and curator. If you're an artist who wants to create an amazing and fulfilling career in life, this podcast is for you. I'll be sharing inspiration that has worked for me and art world insights and tips. My goal for this podcast is to help you feel in control of your art career and empowered to be the best artist that you can be. thank my sponsor, Era Contemporary. Era Contemporary is a gallery and media website that celebrates contemporary magical realist artists. Era Contemporary just announced an artist prize, which includes a cash prize and solo show. To find out more, go to eracontemporary.com. That's E-R-A contemporary.com. Hello, my beautiful artist friends. Welcome to May. Congratulations, you've made it through April, which I think was really tough for a lot of people with social distancing. What has been really cool, though, has been seeing how the art community has responded to this crisis. I've seen a lot of galleries having virtual exhibitions and lots of communities forming, having Zoom conversations to keep the human interaction going. I do have to say, though, I really miss going to exhibitions and seeing people within the art community and just just people, you know, um, just socializing. Even though artists are typically okay with being more solo, after a few weeks, I was definitely ready for things to go back to normal. I just have a few announcements now before we get into today's topic, which I actually think is a really powerful concept, and it's something I can't wait to share with you as I think it's going to be very, very useful to you. So first of all, I am having a virtual exhibition of my new drawings. It will be on May 15th and will be held on Zoom to registered attendees only. This will be my newest drawings, which are inspired by the ideas of quarantine, creating your own world, representing the self when no one else sees you, and the selfie as a self-portrait. Each artwork will be a portrait of a different woman, some real and some imagined, and I'll be unveiling new, never-before-seen work live during the exhibition that I've been working on for the past few months. It's going to be really cool because I'm using this software, which allows me to move around a space digitally and show you the exhibition like you're really there. But all you need is a laptop or a phone in order to attend and just get in your ticket. And just by attending, you'll be supporting relief efforts for hospitals under stress because of COVID-19, because I am donating a portion of the ticket sales to Project Cure, which is a really wonderful nonprofit serving hospitals which don't have enough supplies because of the global crisis. Just by you showing up to the exhibition, you will be making a difference. To get a ticket, you can just go to www jessicalibor.com forward slash quick links or just visit the show notes and there will be a link right there. So early bird tickets are um, $15 until May, I think it's May 5th, after which they go up to $25 and spots are very limited as I want to keep this online event very intimate to allow for questions. Since it's via Zoom, you can show your face and it will be like a social event. So I encourage you to dress up elegantly, pour yourself a little glass of champagne and treat it like it's a real life art show. It's gonna be super fun and I really hope to see you there. 
And um, people who register, you know, part of it's going to charity. And you do also get a hand-signed um, hand postcard by me. Um, so it's a reproduction print of one of the drawings and a hand-signed postcard mailed to you. So if you want to get that, then head over to the link jessicalibor.com forward slash quick links or just go to the link in the show notes. All right, secondly, I've been busy jurying all the results for the ERA Contemporary Artist Prize. And um, I will be making an announcement soon as to who the winner is and the finalists. There will be a bunch of finalists because we had so many amazing um, submissions. I haven't notified everyone yet, but there will be a grand prize winner who will be awarded a $300 cash prize and as well as an interview on the Inspired Painter podcast and a solo show in December of 2020. Then we are going to have several runner-up winners who will all be awarded interviews. And I wanna just thank everyone so much for applying. There were some really amazing submissions and to be honest, it was really hard choosing the finalists. Everyone who applied will also be considered for appropriate upcoming curated um, group exhibitions with Era Contemporary as well. And I know how much focus and hope goes into every application and how much work it is to apply for stuff. And I just want to say it's an honor to be able to see each and every one of your submissions. And thank you so much once again. Okay, so let's get into today's topic, which is about meeting your inner advocate. As artists, we all have a tender side to us. Most artists I've met have always loved creating, and making art has been a lifelong journey that began when they were children. They remember expressing themselves at some of their earliest memories. I remember one of my very first memories was drawing. I couldn't have been more than five years old, and I was laying belly down on the floor, and I remember it was blue carpet. And I had paper and pencil in front of me and I was drawing. And I just remember knowing that this was it. I had this inner knowing that this is what I wanted to do with my life. Nothing at the time matched the joy that I felt and the total control that I had over my world on the paper. I could just make everything in my imagination come true on the paper and communicate stories, words, and ideas. I just loved it and it felt like magic. There was definitely a time where I felt like I was boundless in my creativity. I had no fear of rejection, no sense of competition, and just a sense of expanding to fulfill my creativity. Think back to when you were a child and you discovered art for the first time. Do you remember the joy and the magic that made you fall in love with creativity? Do you remember that sense of losing track of time, that boundless feeling of being totally absorbed in creating? Think back to when creating had no pressures, but the absolute pleasure of making something. As we grow up, we start to have experiences of rejection. As we move out of childhood and into the world, we learn about the concept of money and we start to form judgments around money and art. And we start to have experiences of competition. Maybe you remember the first time your artwork was judged harshly. Maybe you have a lot of those memories. But if you're still an artist today, you were able to keep that spark alive of joy and pride in what you do. As adults now and still choosing to be artists, we have choices every day about how to run our art career. And now we have lots of input coming to us from memories of our early experiences with art and also our experiences in art school, 
which can help us or can hinder us. I listened to the podcast, The Jealous Curator, and I remember the host telling one of the artists she's interviewing that she was told by a professor that she should just stop painting. Like she just wasn't good at painting, so she should just stop. So she did, which is really tragic for like 10 years or something, which is just like so unfortunate. Have you ever had an experience like that? I have had several experiences like that. Both were in art school. One was during undergraduate where several professors told me I probably wasn't going to pass my mid-year review, which is where all the professors get together and discuss whether or not you have what it takes to make it as an artist. And then if they decide you aren't good enough, you aren't allowed to finish out the next two years in an art major and you're required to change it. I remember being shocked being told that because in my head it was settled. This is what I was going to do with my life and nothing was knocking me off that course. And I felt like I was trying really hard and actually making good work. I knew what I was capable of and I was just shocked that they couldn't see it. Well, it stung for a while and then I got a little angry and I was like, this isn't going to, this isn't going to happen. <laughs> so I worked really, really hard for that month and I really overproduced work that was of a higher caliber than I had been making. I remember feeling the tide turn and um, yeah, the professor started looking at me after I turned in my projects with a more approving eye and eventually I passed. When I tried to go to graduate school, I did have to apply three times to the school I ended up going to, the Pennsylvania Academy of the Fine Arts in order to go there. And I had to make a new body of work every time but eventually I did it and I got in. And once I was in, it was my first experience in the modern art world, which is great because it really exposed me to the good and the bad of today's contemporary art world. And it really gave me a thicker skin. The thing is, it's like everything else. You have to take the good out of the experience and use it to your advantage, especially if you're paying for it. You just can't allow people to destroy your will and tell you what to do with your life. I remember one lady came into my studio for a private critique. She was a visiting artist. Um, she was super well known and she told me that I couldn't paint. She said, you know, most people can paint figures by your age. And I was 26 at the time. So she said, if you can't paint figures by now, you should probably just give up. She literally said those words to me. She told me I should just give up. I remember just staring at her at a loss for words and I was surrounded by all these big figurative paintings in my studio and I was paying lots of money per year about to graduate. And what do you say when someone you respect literally is so rude to your face? Eventually I was like, oh, okay, well, thank you for your feedback or something like that. The thing is she didn't even paint figures. So I know what it is to feel that vicious sting of rejection in the art world, in college and even beyond. So for every 10 compliments you get about your work, you'll get somebody being really critical and even harsh. Constructive kind criticism is one thing, but if it's unnecessarily cutting, then you just know that something about you is triggering that person who is criticizing you, and it is 100% about them needing to feel above you. So just respond with kindness and strength, and you can often disarm their criticism of you. All of this to say that the mixed responses to your work that you may have gotten throughout your life may have created within you a fear about moving forward in your art career 
a fear of being seen, or taking big risks. After all, the negative experiences that have to do with your art career probably came about when you were stepping forward in your artistic career, taking a risk by showing your work, or opening up to someone about your work, and were hurt by their rejection of it. You see, your inner artist is that beautiful, innocent, childlike spirit that comes out in pure inspiration when, I, when an idea comes to you, and when you're carried away in a really good day of painting, and you are expressing yourself with pure delight. That is your inner artist who needs to retain that childlike innocence and protection of their spirit in order to move the work forward, give it life, and a fearless vision, just like how you created without fear as a child. Your inner artist creates for joy, for the fun and play of it, to create worlds, to delight in color and texture, to invite others into their private world, to expand their imagination. In order for your inner artist to feel safe to expand and create, they must feel safe, literally. Your inner artist must feel taken care of, valued, appreciated, and loved. They must feel they are special and that their vision is the best, most sparkly, genius thing ever. With gratitude and praise and belief in them, your inner artist will grow their skills and spread their wings. When your inner artist feels safe, it will mature and create fearlessly the ideas that were made to be born from them. The inner artist is courageous because we must uncover our heart, the most vulnerable part of ourselves. And the more true to ourselves we are, the better and more touching the art is. But what happens when your inner, inner artist child is hurt by art professionals, when their dreams are laughed at, or when their self-esteem is so trampled on so many times that they feel afraid to move forward? This is when we start to self-sabotage in order to avoid rejection. Have you ever not applied for something you really wanted because you felt like you couldn't win anyway, so why try? Or you procrastinate starting your masterpiece because you don't think you have the good enough skills yet, or you don't get your website up because you convince yourself that you're not professional enough to start selling your work yet. This is just your inner artist child, the sensitive, vulnerable, innocent part of you who is trying to protect you from past rejections, future rejections, and shame. It has kept you safe for a long time by doing this. You can thank your inner artist for keeping you safe but let them know that they are going to be taken care of from now on. Enter the advocate. The advocate is a different part of you that also lives within your personality. The advocate is awesome, but in a different way than your inner artist child. Think of the advocate as the adult part of you that will take care of your inner artist child from now on. The advocate will make sure your inner artist child is fed, clothed, gets regular walks and play, and prays about the amazing work that they are doing. If you have children, think about how you want the absolute best life for your children. You will work hard for them by making sure they have a roof over their head, food to eat, and by giving them praise and encouragement to follow their dreams. You give them all the love you can. You want them to have a great life and will go to bat for them, right? If they are in an unfair situation, you will set about making it right. 
If they have a chance at getting into the best school, you help them to get the spot by supporting them, staying up late to help them apply, and by being there for them. You protect them, but you also help them to make their way in the world by providing them with the best opportunities that you can. This is how I want you to think of the advocate. Just like your hypothetical child deserves love, support, and the best chance at a good life, so does your inner artist child. It is your inner advocate's responsibility to make sure your inner artist child takes every chance so that they have the best career. It's helpful to think of your advocate as a different identity than your inner artist child because I know that as artists, we can take things very personally. Our art is an extension of our most tender part of ourselves and facing rejection can be crushing. But if it's your advocate's job to take care of you, some of that inevitable pain of growth and rejection can be mitigated. Your advocate's job is to apply for that residency where your inner artist child would thrive. Your advocate will help you apply for art school. Your advocate will get your website done so that your inner artist child will have a way to make income with their art. Your advocate will email a few galleries a week inquiring about representation. Your advocate will balance the budget to make sure your inner artist child can eat this month. Your advocate will respond to emails in a timely manner so that people will want to work with your inner artist child. Your advocate will drive your inner artist child to the exhibition so that they can meet people that could help their career. Your advocate will get up early so your inner artist child can play all day in the studio and create something amazing. Your advocate will apply to exhibitions and risk rejection so that your inner artist child can have the best life and best opportunities possible. Your advocate believes and loves and even cherishes your inner artist child so that they can thrive. Your advocate will create structure for your inner artist child to help them feel safe. Basically, the advocate feels the fear of rejection and moves forward anyway because it loves the inner artist child and wants them to succeed. So the next time you want to apply for something but you feel like it might be too much work or you shy away from something because of a fear of rejection, call on your inner advocate to take front and center and ask yourself, what would my advocate do in this situation? Would they go the extra mile in order to take care of your inner artist child? I like to think of my advocate as a CEO of a major company in a beautiful cream colored power suit, briefcase in hand, ready to go to bat for me. She's always in my corner and ready to jump at any opportunity that will give my inner artist child a better life. She is willing to go the extra mile to fulfill her obligations, be assertive, reach above her current status, and secure the best possible life for her charge, which is my inner artist child. She believes in my inner artist child's vision and represents her wholeheartedly. When my inner artist child is innocent and emotional and tender, my advocate is strong, protective, assertive, and mature, able to handle anything and take care of business. So I'd like to ask you now, what is your inner artist child like? And what about your inner advocate? It might help to give them an outfit, a personality, so you can visualize them when you need to channel your inner, inner advocate energy and get an application done, finish a deadline, or do the caring work 
of sheltering your inner artist child and giving them the best life possible. Just remember that if you have a child, nothing is too good for them, right? You wouldn't think twice about trying to get them the best education or opportunity. So think about your inner artist child the same way. She is relying on you to help her get somewhere and your advocate can do all that work. So your inner artist child can create from the heart in a pure place of creativity. So this is a bit of an unconventional way of thinking about taking care of yourself as an artist, but I found it can be really helpful to be able to switch between roles as the CEO and the creator in chief of your own art career. And then your um, inner artist child, letting them play, letting that emotional side come out, which is really what you need in your art. So let me know what you thought about this episode and these ideas that I put forth to me, to you guys. Feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram at Jessica Libor Studio, or you can always email me at jlibor at jessicalibor.com. And just a reminder to consider attending my live virtual exhibition on May 15th. Just check out the show notes for the link to get the ticket or visit www.jessicalibor.com forward slash quick links. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you got tremendous value out of this. And I just wanted to let you know, I just launched a coaching course for artists called the Artist Soul Mastery Academy. And this is a three month intensive one-on-one course that is meant to transform your confidence and identity as an artist from the inside out. This is for the artist ready to up-level their vibe and career and is ready to be seen and step forward into their full potential. If you are interested in finding out more, just email me at jlebor at jessicalebor.com and we can do a free consultation call in which I will give you 30 minutes of my time on Zoom, assessing where you are in your art career, how can you and how you can build confidence by building your online presence and selling more work. Okay, so that's all for today. Thank you again so much, my beautiful artists, for listening. I hope that this served you, and I will look forward to connecting with you next time. All right, have a great week. I'll talk to you guys soon. so much for joining me for today's podcast. If you enjoyed our time today, it would mean so much to me if you would rate and review The Inspired Painter. And if you'd like to work with me more, I do have a free artistic vision casting mini course you can take, which includes a vision casting worksheet and eight daily lessons delivered to your inbox. Beyond that, you can also check out my premiere course, Discovering Your Artistic Voice, which is a targeted course that will help you develop a recognizable style and strong body of work within a short amount of time. To check out these courses, just go to jessicalebor.com forward slash quick links. That's jessicalebor.com forward slash quick links. All right, have a wonderful and creative week and I will talk to you soon.